is a leading Māori educator in the far north, working with young and old alike to create inclusive spaces for exploring our Taonga Tākaro and Taonga Puoro. He chats with Horomono Horo about his playful work, a result of his carefree childhood growing up in South Auckland and connection to Te Ao Māori through his whānau. Tēnā tātou katoa, e te tī, e te tā, nau mai hoki mai rā ki tēnei o ngā whiti-whitinga kōrero o te whānau o haumanu uh, i roto i tēnei kaupapa. Kia koutou katoa o te whānau haumanu, tēnei au e karanga nei, tēnei au e kōrero nei, arā te reo o horomono horo e mihi kauatuana ki ngā hauwewha. Kia koutou e te tī e karanga nei te hau o tāwhirimātea, kia koutou e tā e mauana i te hau o parawerenui nei rā tātou te whānau o haumanu e mihi kauatuana ki ngā hauwewha. Ki tēnei o ngā whitiwhitinga kōrero o haumanu i te pōnei, tēnei au ka mihi ake, kia koutou katoa me tō tātou manuhiri i te pōnei, tō tātou hoa i roto i te whānau o haumanu tēnei au ka mihi ake ki aia, tēnei o ngā mara, tēnei o ngā hoa, tēnei o ngā tuakana o te taitoke rau, o te whānota, tēnei ka mihi ake ki tō tātou manuhiri i te pōnei, tēnā koe te hoa e wirimu, nau mai haramai ki tēnei o ngā whitiwhiti kōrero o te whānau haumanu. Tēnā koe. Tēnā nō, iwa tēnā nō tātou katoa e te whānau, e te whānau e te haumanu nei, tēnei au, tēnei haututu nō hukianga nei, hukianga iho, hukianga ake, ko haumai i rutu i tēnei o ngā karanga, hine rāko tauri mā, e te whakahuhuia tātou i rutu i rutu i tēnei kopapa whakahirira nei, ana tēnei ngā mana oro-oro nei, kia pā oro-oro atu ki tēnā pito, ki tēnā pito, huri nō, huri nō te motu, huri nō tā. It's been many, many moons since we've crossed pathways in Te Ao Māori, in Te Ao Puoro, in Te Ao Tākoro. It's just really an awesome buzz to be able to catch up with you in our Fiti Fiti Kōrero here and just to Kōrero about the kōrero in and around Taonga Puoro. And so one of the biggest kōrero that we've been having in this particular series is actually hearing and seeing how our whānau within Haumanu around the motu and around the ao were actually introduced to the world of Taonga Puoro. And so before you get into that, uh, just to uh, let our whānau whānui know, ko weira koe i ahumai koe i hea. Kia ora nō tātou. Ai, e uri tēnei nō Hukianga, born and bred on the south side of Auckland, so you're pretty sharp. You've got to show you grow up pretty sharp and pretty quick around those spaces. 
very fortunate to have spent my um my youth spread out amongst my whānau and whānui. Be pretty ordinary for me every week to catch up with 30, 1500 cousins every weekend at our grandparents had uh, organised a social club so that we were playing rugby and, and netball and so we had weekly gatherings. So although born and bred in South Auckland, the Hokianga was pretty much and the runnings of in particular Mutukaraka Marae, my Tupotoki Mutukaraka, all of those learnings, all of them you know, were nanonyms because they were movers and shakers in that space. So kind of my child Māori worldview, my lens came from just being raised in the wider family. And like I said, lucky enough to be able to bump with the whole family every week. And then, of course, get some pretty awesome leaders. Like say my grandmother in particular was a real go-getter back in her time and um, had the foresight to make sure that we were still connected with our marae and all the tikalan aspects connected to that. My grandfather is a massive influence on me as well. He kind of helped the little hotetu boy. He, he had a... Uh, my dad was the ringaka and my papa was the ngākau mari. So he catch me and enlightened me to my creative side, my my spiritual inner spaces, more with my grandfather. My mother's uh, people, she's from Tainu and also from Waikato. And my mum's Spano, very musical, in particular the brothers Marsh. My auntie had five sons and they're all freak musicians. <laughs> and uh, I've got four sisters and I got raised mostly around girls. So any weekend, any holiday, I never get a chance to shoot out to Waiku. So I grew up out in Waiku, Pukekoi, and Afitu out in Manukau. But a lot of time, in fact, out there, they think my name is Willie Marsh because of my time with my Marsh brothers. I can tell by what name people call me by, what part of my lifetime we crossed paths. <laughs> In the last 10 years, I've been with him because of my um, connection and commitment to Te Reo. Actually, it's Te Reo that really brought me on this journey and reconnected me with Tonga Pūru. And then, of course, just the amazing fruits that come from just engaging with our, any of our two-point knowledge systems, reconnecting in those spaces. So, um, like I said, kind of, or they brought up in the uh, dark side of town, so to speak. Plenty of light shining in on there and lots of positive examples from Tao Māori to hold that. Um, I didn't grow up speaking te reo, but we understood it. We learned pretty quick, you know, when the nans and that are speaking the te reo. If you respond, then you get free access to the cakes in the kitchen. So, that's <laughs> And of course, because you've got access to that space, really in the kauta, I would could follow most of the kōruru happening in, in the marae or out on the tomato kōruru. But the bits you miss, obviously, in the kitchen, that's when it all gets derailed. And of course, you get it all broken down again because, you know, they're speaking bilingually in there. And so the bits you might have missed inside the party, and the knock off it, catch it. And we had a proper car to do back when I was a kid. So it's actually around the fire. You know? So that was one of the mahi they have to do go and collect manuka and keep the fires burning and make sure everything's good to go in there. But in that space, like I said, you get the same conversation that happened in the Farinui, happens out the back but you get all the different dynamics that come with it. Yeah. A certain nan or a certain papa that always gets growling all the time and <laughs> it's in the kitchen, it's in the car until you find out why why all those things happen. So we've kind of always been around the background to it, was never sort of given formal training to move into any space, but definitely exposed to it and absorbed. Fortunate enough to be able to absorb all of those teachings, all of those learnings. Then, of course, like I said, just a normal hotitut, like any kid. In my uh, uh, age bracket, all, all us brothers and sisters, we were pretty free-range chickens. We had pretty big territories to roam. We are mostly based up in Flatbush, which is close to Monaco. 
in Otarain, but we'd walk up to Otahu every day, the hunter's corner and all those types of things. That's just, there was nothing to us. <laughs> they're covering those types of distances and then of course I had whānau everywhere so we're popping into different spaces and just yeah be little hotitus and just enough eyes on us and particularly with me because my dad like I said he was a bit of the strong arm in the family so anytime someone any of the whānau caught me in spaces I'm not supposed to be they, they give you that look and <laughs> <laughs> which just of course meant that I had to up my game on my hotitu and make sure you never got caught <laughs> but because of that nature just really playful was good at lots of things, particularly with the cousins that we were all good at different sports. But my cousin Lance, in particular, massive influence within Puro, just period, just absolute freak bass player, just chasing him, kind of constantly, constantly in the shadow. Like he'd come up with new ideas and, and amazing compositions and <laughs> make mistakes that were just amazing. <laughs> and so, so I learned pretty quick that hang on, the mistakes aren't necessarily mistakes. They, they can lead to new ideas and things like that. So kind of nurtured my um, creative spaces. And then, of course, having a big access to a wider family, got lots of dynamics. So I'm spending a lot of time with different uncles and aunties and different age groups. I think that's been real important in terms of my current understanding because I got to hear conversations from different levels, whether it be political, musical, artistic, mergers of different games coming through. I mean, I'm in South Auckland College before any of the sort of American-style street games are coming into fruition. In fact, we thought they were all weird <laughs> when they first went uh, Bloods and Crypt and stuff like that come out. So yeah, like I said, just moving around really freely, exploring all the things I like, which always came down to play. In my last 10 years, I've been fortunate enough to be up here in the far north, working with Te Ranga Tararawa as a youth educator. And Tonga Taco has pretty much been my bread and butter for the last 10 years. And of course, Tonga Poodle sits naturally within those spaces with Fare Tapani and all those types of things. So I kind of was just able to bring all of that life experience into that play space, which I'm natural at. I kind of got that whole ADHD sort of thing going off, which just means, man, we, like most Maori boys like me, we just bounce off the walls here. <laughs> you want to stop bouncing off the walls, you have to make the walls a little bit wider. <laughs> just they take us outside so we've got some room to bounce around and um, we don't annoy as many people that way. So like I said, kind of high energy. I would never have thought I would end up in schools working the way I've been over the last 10 years. Like if you ask anyone from my schooling days, I never used to show up at school anyway. And then I found doing mahi with tākuru within kura and stuff like that. I basically haven't missed a day of school since, which is <laughs> the complete opposite to my experience within the education system as a kid. Kind of couldn't wait to get out of there, so I never expected to be back. But I love sharing things I've learned from child Māori and bringing them into those spaces. And tākuru is like a perfect, perfect fit for me. And I think it's a good way for me to share it um, with the kids as well. And then, of course, multiple opportunities to mix and mingle all our different arts and crafts. And I think that's why I like Tonga Takoro too, because you can dabble in all the different arts. You know, you, you're going to need to know some weaving. You're going to need to know a little bit about the taiao, how those cycles work. You definitely learn about moods, the maramataka. I think for me, I've always had a natural affiliation with the maramataka in terms of how I move, because I'm the so-called low-energy moons. Like, I don't have a lot of those. You know, I'm bouncing off the moon <laughs> every night. And it just so happens I bounce just a little bit less on some of the lower energy moons. But put that energy of mine in front of someone who's chill. And they think, dude, this dude just needs to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I I'd, um, intuitively kind of just figured out how things function for myself. I think that's what I've learned over the last 10 years anyway, moving through different spaces with different whānau 
that the kids is just understanding. Like I definitely know on certain moons, like especially Kura, that I work with in uh, regular time frames. What works over on the East Coast in the morning is not going to work out on the West Coast when I get out to Pangaru and, and those kura out there in the afternoon and vice versa. The wind I get, the engagement I get during one space, it doesn't necessarily transfer over and you can actually just move over the maunga. <laughs> Literally go to the kura over the maunga, but you're in a whole different space. And I think it's important to recognise that that's kind of how things are. And then I think I'm pretty good at sort of just reading the vibe that I get from whānau that I'm working with and kind of know where to amp up and, and ram down. I can definitely see when I'm ramping too hard and like you can see in the eyes, like, okay, this, this, is, <laughs> this is the space man. He's kind of the, so uh, learning how to pull back and to pull has been a fantastic way to get me there as well. I think that in terms of Tonga Pūro specifically, you and I had caught up at Charles's, the last Paretapiri, he'd run out in Hauraki there. And then not long after that, wouldn't have been too far after that, we had that, Tongapur or Wananga down in Wanganui when we got flooded in, which happened okay. to be just amazing. That one pretty much just soaked it for me. Like, dude, this is just so built in. <laughs> I'm kind of already doing this stuff without even knowing it, but to be able to actually focus and utilize Tongapur or from that Wananga on, I realized how I could integrate it seamlessly into the Takaro space, not only to temper me, but also I found little tricks and other ways I can use it to temper kids as well. Kilda. <laughs> Within the corridor that you were saying, one of the beautiful things that I can hear from your corridor, bro, is the foundations of our culture is really the pillars of the journey that you seem to be on and that po toko manawa and the po that are lifting your whare or that are holding the foundations of your whare down, you know, are the corridor of our kui koroma, are the foundations of our reo. I know Koterere o te reo Māori ngā tikanga iahu mai ngā kōrero i here or the stories and when you look at it for some of our people in our culture and not just our culture but all cultures you know you're always going to have those ones that love those I call them my kaitiaki everywhere I go I call them like you have your three kaitiaki one's called Hototu one's called Nanakia and one's called <laughs> Rawekeweke you know and they are our kaitiaki to allow us to explore to navigate new grounds and to go beyond what you can see what you can hear and I can definitely see in you that's the realm that you continue to not only striving but to show example of for all of our not only our next generation or our rangatahi or our tamariki through education of the mahi tākoro that you do of the uh, the taonga tākoro that you do uh, of the taonga pūro that you do but showing that connectivity and the whakawhanaungatanga that holds like our our whare tupuna, the tukutuku, the binding threads that hold the stories of our pofakairo intact. And as you were saying, I remember meeting many moons ago, I think back in the 90s, you know, and the first time I met you was through our te reo Māori and uplifting our rangatahi. And then to find Tauru. out that the kaupapa that we were both doing was in and around the whare tāpare and the kaupapa that Charles Royal was doing, that a lot of people, Hako Brown and all of them were doing, but it was finding those connectors showing not alternative ways of education for our people because we know a lot of our tamariki were being sort of like filtered into, as you were saying, you know, ADHD, but all it was was actually, well, we just have a different way of learning and and a different way of learning and a different way of showing and expressing to show they're not not listening 
It's just that finding a way for those tamariki, for those rangatahi, for those people in our culture, that we are kinesthetic people and that we learn hands-on. And through that, we came across, as you are saying, the whare tāpere, the performance house. And through the whare tāpere, we have tākoro, we have pūro, we have karetao, we have a whole range of stuff that held close. And in your practices in the whare tākoro, in your practices in the whare tāpere, the whare karioi that you've taken not only around the motu, but around the world, how do you use the taonga pūro and the practices that you do in your mahi? I think that's what I love about the whole being in the tākoro space is really like what you just mentioned around the hōtutu, the nanakia and the rāwikiwiki. You're safe to explore those things and you don't have to worry about being, I went to the whare wānanga and I got, all the, I got all the seven houses of learning and blah, blah, blah. You can actually just start with, because every one of us got a taonga inside of us and if we feel safe within ourselves if you don't I mean if you don't feel safe within yourself to explore your nanakia then you're not being what our tupuna are what need of need of us to be which is to explore those spaces because as I've been working over the years I discovered like the kuruhuna that are inside the games and the way that they trick trick out or just come here so if you're going to pull that out of them, like, you've got no chance of doing that if I keep putting barriers up myself about who can come into my space. But if I can explore it, and music does exactly the same thing, tongapuro and the art, it's your way to take any koro you have, any small amount of knowledge you have, expand it to your limitations, which actually can be quite big, <laughs> and most of the time is, and then I might then bump into somebody who was taken through the Whare one and I was like, there's stuff I'm just tittering around with. And I'll sit with some of the, the komato and they go, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I'm just tittering around with that thought. But then they can add some of their deeper knowledge to it. And then I now understand, oh, hang on, I understood it on levels, but now Matua's opened the door or Fire's opened the door to me understanding it in a more tuturu way. You know what I mean? But because I'm just playing with it, and I feel comfortable with being in that space. And I definitely try to, that's my intent everywhere I go to when I'm engaged with whānau, to get them to feel free to just drop all their little headers and go for it as well, which can be tricky to hold all together because I think I think I agree with, I think it was Rangi Mātāmua, said one of the biggest colonising tools they did was time, te wā, because we had our tōnawa. So I didn't have to, by the end of year eight, know all the knowledge that's supposed to be on my kete at year eight because I might not actually fulfill those ones until I'm in year 13. But in my realm and where my talents thrive, I could very well be university level. Well, I guarantee you, I was university level play up <laughs> <laughs> way back in the day. But then as time goes by, like I'm getting older now and it's only now I'm, I am actually able to still myself, to start slowing myself down <laughs> and understanding the value of doing that. But it's taken me, like I'm in my late 40s now. So if I didn't lose that ahua about myself all these years, why do I expect any kid, <laughs> another wudumu that's standing in front of me? I've got to give him the mana of if this fellow takes him till he's in his 30s to, <laughs> to, to figure out, hang on, I need to chill out or do this. And that's his life journey. And that's his space. And so I think a lot of those time restrictions that we put on ourselves, like they were definitely there. Like when when I was growing up, just in the Mariah and stuff, dad had a one minute, one second, one lesson, and then, <laughs> hey, boy, watch this, do it. <laughs> That's my dad's time frame. My papa, boy, should to do this. Oh, you one of those slow followers. <laughs> 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 Three years down the line, you've hit me with the same lesson. And, oh, yeah, he's made it past that one now. 
and then they'll add some more to my kite as it's going. Partake used to talk about the Manatangata continuum of no and Tapu. And if you apply that we're going through no and Tapu constantly <laughs> throughout our life, and it happens cyclically over and over and over again, you're never ever going to make it. You can never be completely Tapu and you can never be completely no, but you're going to be in different aspects of that. And I think that's a great metaphor we can lay over learning as well in terms of how we take on our, our different wānanga as we're progressing mm. through life. Like all the gangsters that I in terms of play, like the kids are the masters of play, but the absolute gangsters that I just they drop my jaw, they're all queer and they're all go master. <laughs> Chika tau, bro. <laughs> I remember playing <laughs> hippie toy toy with a kaumata and kuia in Motukiore at the marae there. And Kia oh ora. my gosh, they were walking around the whare telling the rangatahi, ah, anei te tahi o ngā tākoro o ngā tūpuna. And they were moving around the whare. As soon as you put the tokotoko down and the kuia got up, had a bit of a stretch and began, oh my gosh, they jumped out of their tinana and it was like they became rangatahi during that particular game. Yep. And so it really brings... I call it the whakatinana tanga or really brings the, the physical connection of the realm of our whare tāpere, our whare karioi into the spectrum of exactly what you were saying is you could be a 15-year-old kōtiro, but you are matatau in your years of mātauranga that was taught to you since you were a pepe from your kuia karaua. And yet in the world of Western ideologies, you're only a year 10 or year 11, whatever the year in terms of schooling age you are. But in terms of a kaupapa or tikanga ahurea from our cultural perspective, you would be classed as hetangata matatau i rotu i And for Homanu Collective, our whānau, our Homanu whānau around the motu, one of our driving kaupapa that we look at and our vision that we have in this opportunity we've been given as te whānau or Homanu is we go by the whakatauki, Ko te piko o te mahuri, kuia te tipu o te rākau. And that's the first part of our whakatauke or our vision in terms, and that's exactly what you've been talking about, bro. And whether you are a five-year-old or a 50-year-old, just like at the whare tāpere that you were talking about earlier, at that particular one where you brought a few new tākoro to show all the whānau at that particular gathering in Kaiawa, we were able to see. And, and I remember when we set up the game Mūtōrere, at that particular whare tāpere, you know, we created a circle around the papa and it was the people that we were playing toka versus rako, And <laughs> we had tamariki that were like six, seven, eight years old playing their kaumātua, kuia, who were 50 plus, 60 plus. And the laughter and exchange of ngao, of ihirangaranga, of aroha that was floating in those spaces and the real waiata in the kata, in the laughter, in the tangi, and in the pūrāko that was being created, exactly. resonated, yep. that very whakatauki. And part of our vision, we have a second part of our whakatauki that says, he rito tangata, he mauri oro, he mauri reo, he mauri ora. And it resonates for me in the kōrero that you're talking about. And through that particular whakatauki that we have as a whānau haumanu, are there any particular, you know, kinga 
or, or whakatauki or even sayings that have helped guide you in your journey through ngā mahi taonga pūro, ngā mahi tākoro that interconnects all your hōtutu <laughs> in oh, your yo, journey. Oh, uh, yeah. And that, yeah, and that came directly from that whare with Charles. And Kia kawe a tātou e te rerehia, e te hariko, oh, e te mataraharaha. Because if we're being carried away in our pursuits of pleasure and joy, then our true self is going to come out. So you know, when uh, when I took part with, with Tuingapui last year, they said, oh, I'm an artist. I paint smiles on faces. And I've seen a couple of followers and, and my little sick of like little smirks on their faces. Like, <laughs> and I was like, well, you think it's easy, bro. Stand in front of 180 kids and make them smile and love you <laughs> from the moment you stand to the moment you leave. It's not easy. It's a skill. It's an actual skill. And not everybody can do it. And to be able to weave them in and then know where to turn my energy off so that they can have this and to have all that laughter and all that sharing. But with it also comes all this wānanga. One of the things I always teach when I do workshops is observation is absolute key. To create the space for whāpanaungatanga, but observing how they're receiving it and then when gems come up, knowing when to get out of the way. <laughs> I had a, I had a little acronym for it. Like, when you get to a certain level, then <laughs> just get the F out of the way. Like, at, at some point, <laughs> you're going to create, you're going to allow, just like within Tonga Puro, this is what I love about Mataranga Māori, because all of our whakatauki and all of our knowledge systems, they're all going to come back to the same thing. They come from one source. And so as it's dribbling down to us, although we might be in a different field, it still works the same. You can apply the same whakatauki within all our different arts and crafts. And then for me, those spaces, having kids laugh, or particularly my favourite is actually when you're jamming with whānau and you've got the adults and the babies laughing at the same time, because there's a pūro there that's as pure as pure can be. It's as pure as just breath into the most amazingly carved pūtōrero with a master just to get whānau to play and have fun together in the same space and have that auto bounce, it's the same for me. It does exactly the same to me because in it I can go back. It creates this portal. So where you can either come back to your youth, go back to your childhood, or even as a kid, transport them into the mind and the space of an elder. Case in point, when I'm with my moko, my moko can blow my goddamn mind. Still hasn't got words formed together yet. But her growth and her learning and, and her spouts, I was having a conversation with her on Messenger. And while we're having the conversation, she clicks, Papa, you come pick up Huda? Yeah, Papa, you pick up Huda? And I said, yes, Papa, Papa, pick up Huda. When? <laughs> and so she had clicked, hey, I've just figured out how to tell my Papa <laughs> how to come and get me. And then when you're going to come, I said, two weeks. And she yells out to my mom, Papa, pick up Huda, two weeks. Yeah. And then, of course, for the next five minutes, nothing but Papa pick up Hura. Hey, Papa, you pick up Hura. She's taking that auto, that new learning, and she's vibrating it for herself. And of course, every time she says it, all of us, either side of either phone, we're all just laughing our heads off. And like, just, and now I know I'm locked. I'm going to pick her up in two weeks, whether I like it or not. Otherwise, I'm going to get a, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get a whole different world brought to me. So when I say that's what I mean, how natural pool will come into those spaces, because it actually is just that. And sometimes, just like our purutiti or our hui or our nguru, it's those quiet voices that you actually have to listen intently for. That's what's happening in those little silence spaces. Like I saw the pity drop for her in her eyes. She had just clicked. I've just figured out how to tell Papa to come and get me. <laughs> yeah. And then she repeated it over and over again, just like we would when you finally get the sound out of that kōwowo. 
<laughs> you never want to remove the core robo from your mouth again. You found the magic spot. Hey, right? Like you've seen that a million times. <laughs> they found the spot and they literally freeze their hands like oh, nothing moves, nothing moves, nothing moves because because they know they take it away and come back. Then they might have to search for it again. And then of course, until they're comfortable enough, they know. I pick it up, I'd put it here, and the sound's going to come out. So that's how I like it, even within my mahi, how simple it is. Obviously, there's rhythms within the takaro. Definitely, all of our games were accompanied with pao and waiata and haka and all these things. That, that's still a space we still need to work back towards. I see the kind of compartmentalizing our different stuff as well. Like, oh, you, the haka, that's for kapa haka cruise. <laughs> when in reality it should be part of you just standing in the like you can be part of your everyday jibes with your bros and then just for split second chuck our fokotoki in, in a funky new way but you're actually bringing back the ties to you no know, dropping and chuck just freestyling that stuff into your corridor you're utilizing the same thing but you're bringing it like I said through that portal into the now which is the most important time, not, rather than getting hooked up on what we've lost or what we're trying to get back from the past. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, if we don't bring it to right here, right now, and um, Takuro kind of does that, like I said, all the time. You know, I've got a couple of drums from Tahiti, and of course they've got different tones. So I'll tell the kids, oh, this is Tane, this is Wahine, Tane, Wahine. After a while, they get to hear the different sounds, and you start to think, oh, when I hit Tane, this, something's going to happen. When I hit Wahine, Another thing's going to happen, and you know, all of a sudden, you're bringing that into that space. You know, same thing with Papaki Dede and Hippie Toy Toy and Tama, Hey Tama, Tu Tama, Mate, all those different games where they're bringing them all into the same space. So, even just a clapping of hands as we're conversing and rhythms and the rhythms and flows. And you, know, you can tell how Kamato, the guns, when they speak, there's a rhythm and a flow. I remember when I um, decided to pursue Te Reo. Because I went from not speaking it at all. Within six months, I'm pretty much <laughs> having fluent conversations. And the teacher's like, wow, how did that happen? I said, oh, I just remember when I was a kid, when you're talking, because she was not the baroque, so I couldn't follow her sometimes. Mm, and some of the time we choose there. But then one night, I was at home doing some homework with Tito, a little pal. And then I had written some kupu down. And while I was looking at it, I heard my grandfather's voice. And then I remembered his flow. And once I locked on to his flow, to his reel, and I started reading it that way. It all just, like, the light just turned on. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I remember I understood things that I didn't remember I understood. But it was actually through the flow of the real, the sound itself. It wasn't just learning kupu or what they meant and stuff. When they would talk, I would say to myself, oh, no, nah, that's not how it flowed. My papa was, it was quicker. <laughs> he didn't have all those E's and keys. I remember that. <laughs> they didn't have all those punctuation points. But he did within the way he flowed. And then, of course, like Mato Wakahuya, he spoke the same way as my papa, but he sang a completely different way. He had his own voice, his own rhythms. And so even though they're saying the same thing, the whole wairu of what they're saying would be different because like, it carried the mana of their voice, their internal voice. Like you see, but within play, I kind of just see that stuff happening all the time yeah. and just become attuned to the different spaces that are affecting it. Now, bro, one of the key elements that I heard in your corridor is actually leads on to a question that you've somewhat already answered in a way. And in terms of looking for, you know, we're in the year 2022. Taonga Puro was really revitalized or the push for Taonga Puro 
the growth of it really happened in the late 70s and early 80s when you had the Hidden Melbournes, the Richard Nunses, the Joe Malcolms, the Bruce Gregories, and all of those names starting to pop up all around the motu, both Māori and non-Māori, coming through with this revitalisation of Taonga Puro. And not only around at that time, that was the whole revitalisation of our reo. And the differences of our reo, like you just spoke about, you know, the differences between when you hear a Ngāti Parau person speaking to that of a Ngāpuhi, to that of a Waikato. And so we're learning, even like we're 50 years later from the 1970s now, um, learning the, the dialectual differences between our iwi. And now in 2022, you go back to the 80s even, and Antinata Glavish got in Kia trouble ora. for just saying <laughs> kia ora in the telecommunications, and that created an uproar, whereas now 2022, no matter what channel you're flicking in mainstream New Zealand now, you're actually hearing news presenters, you're hearing hosts of particular radio shows and everybody's properly starting to, not everybody is doing it, but there's more of an attempt to actually say our kupu correctly, you know, say te reo Māori correctly. In terms of our taonga pūoro and the practice of taonga pūoro, I heard you earlier saying that that's one of the things that this world that we're living in has compartmentalised our differences, like it's different mahi when you're talking about ngā taonga tākoro and taonga pūoro and karetao and all these other areas that in a Western viewpoint are different arts practices. But when you come from the realm of the faretapere, when you come from the realm of a cultural perspective, everything's all interwoven and integrated with one another. And so in terms of those aspirations that you were talking about, in finding and reconnecting to not have any barriers, as you were talking about earlier, we need to actually push those barriers out of the way in terms of takoro. We need to let our tamariki, our taonga practitioners or people that are wanting to actually pick up their first kōwowo and swing their first pūrerehua and learn about those taonga in a way that they are open to do and in a way that they can can play that pūrerehua whilst tākoro is being played, but which pūoro do is played during those times, and we're in an interesting time at the moment where we are starting that exploration, and as you said, bro, when people are playing, whether it's heitama tūtama or whether it's uh, papakirere, what waiata were played, what pao were played, and were the instruments being played, and how can we explore that? And so, if you had a group of people that came to a wānanga and that already started their journey of Taungapuro or starting their journey of Taungapuro, what types of connectors would you share with them for them to explore and for them to open up their world of learning with Taungapuro? Yeah, the, 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 my go-to my go-to tākoro for that space is kite, and, and kite is normally played in, in, in groups. But it can happen just somebody blindfolded amongst the group as to travel a pathway. You're going to set up a little obstacle course in the room and you're going to navigate them from one space to another, often collecting something on the way and taking it to another space within the room. But you're not allowed to use words in order to instruct them how to get there. And Tonga Pudo, especially because um, it works even at the beginner level. Because, for instance, one kid might just be able to get the cool way where to go, and that's all. But that's enough to give an instruction. <laughs> then of course everybody can play the court. <laughs> everybody can get the court. Everybody can play kapaki. 
I think that particular taco takes away that you have to master this instrument or figure out how to play it and be able to do the things that you can do with a putorino, which seems like far off, but inside the context of their game, it allows them to say, nah, dude, if you can get any sound out of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, if you can just get your putorino and just tapping the mouthpiece, you know, and then get that, whoop, whoop, and get that water drop sounds coming out of it. Mm. And so, yeah, I have those, there are lots of taco that do that. Um, something like poiraco, we're passing the raka around rhythmically, but then of course, air popper. As you're singing with air popper, it gives everybody a cadence, a rhythm to move with, and therefore they can control What's happening? Because it's actually quite dynamic game. Especially mm. if I try to get them up to five rakas as fast as possible, <laughs> 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 which I normally do after they get three round ones. So, yep, you're ready, bro. <laughs> but just having everybody understanding how music and rhythm can put us all into that circadian rhythm where we all ebb and flowing in the same space, but there's also a safety that comes with that space in terms of learning new skills. So I'll often start with kite because, like I said, they don't need to get experts at it real quick, but it's enough for them to get a sound out of it. And then they'll come back because I'll leave my kete with all my puro be just laid out like they're behind me right now. Because, like I said, sometimes it's the pressure of being in front of people. Sometimes it's the pressure of that moment. And so all they need for you is to leave the room <laughs> so that they're alone with the Rakatogi. And then all of a sudden they'll give it a go. And they might make just the slightest breath into it the right way and uh, my favorite like i said is those quiet sounds that where it's just you and the instrument or the ha aura and the real the real atua, the real uh, actual instrument because that's when you see the little spark in the eyes so it's straight up like yes i made a first sound <laughs> i made my first sound on it and, and i think my kite and things like that it's a great way of you introducing them to that space and then of course because the blindfold dude tends to walk around and fall. And there's some <laughs> some innate great fun and a group of people who can see <laughs> something that's so simple, but somebody who's blindfolded or had a sense taken from them and trying to function with a new real. I'm taking instructions from a space that's not normal for them. To take instruction from a purutiti. Like that's actually a strange thing to try and explain to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but when within the play space, within that realm, that knowledge transfer is much easier. And like I said, because you're in that play space, you can mess it up and everybody laughs. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, even the fellas who are cracking up, laughing at one dude, but all of a sudden, once they're in the middle of the floor and they're blindfolded, there's <laughs> <laughs> a complete flip of energy. You know, the energy transfers from the guy who felt like an idiot, <laughs> like flopping around in the dark, now gets to watch somebody else go through it. Yeah. Like I said, there's just an innate sense of learning in that space that makes it much safer at that last hui we did with Taipa and Kelly and them over in Haititai and Ngatikaitetri. There was one particular boy who one night, it took him, bro, he was there for three days and he resisted that whole time. <laughs> and then I was real glad because Pry was there and he snuck on over to me in a quiet moment and said, what's all that quarter did he drop last night? Can you explain that to me again? Which told me that he was listening intently, but in the moment when it was happening, Oh, I don't know, this is dumb stuff. He, he had that ahua about him. But really, it hit him. He just felt exposed. But in the quieter space, he snuck up to me. And we ended up having a really deep wānang on it for like 30, 45 minutes. And she came over and goes, oh, my God. He took in everything you said. I said, yeah. But he wasn't like in a normal setting within the pressure of a school or time frame. He's not allowed to let me know 
that he actually got something from it. But because we were on the marae and inside that mouldy time frame, that was the moment. It took three days for him to to I'm feel comfortable. comfortable. Yes. Yeah, to actually come and ask about something that he had experienced. And that's never going to happen in the school environment for him. It's just not going to happen because of that. And that's not the school's not blaming schools or nothing. That's just the time frame they're working within in those spaces. So yes, it just allows things to happen organically, more natural, and including the part where I don't want to participate right here, right now. <laughs> like Cultural right safety. now, right now is not the time for me to do that much. But then, then when he picked the time, it was me. Then there was <laughs> I was meant to go and report or ring somebody up, but I know they just have to go on hold. This young man found a connection, and like you've connected with it, and so we're able to do that within that space. He felt safe. That's right in the environment. And he felt the trust that had been built and was able to create that communication. It leads me on to this final question in terms of that exact point, bro, of whether the new players are rangatahi, a taiohi, or whether the person is already a matua, a fire, a kuia, a For all of our whānau that are listening and those that are wanting to start their journey with Taonga Pūoro and start their journey in connecting with Taonga Pūoro, what advice would you give them to help them along in their hiding and their journey? It's like that dude, Leah, just, just do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Don't wait to become expert. Like, I think the first one I said in when we did that series with Paya Hiriwirangi, um, because she did her, uh, the first time pool is your voice. That was a massive learning for me. I was like, yeah, of course, all of us can whistle, all of us can. That is definitely one, and one that we're actually pretty okay with because we can all do a little while to talk to women if they're just, I mean, in R's and L's and in the background, the safety of that space. Rhythmic things, like I said, the Kohatu, the Rako is just tapping and clapping and holding rhythms. That's another safe way in. Because of the nature of Puro to be able to heal and to open multiple portals, really, because, you know, I said with the Putorino Wararomirumi session was going on, and just that sound helped for some of our partner to simply release, just hearing it, oh, never heard that <laughs> sound before, but that's enough for them to shut down some of the things that they were using, not wanting to face some of the mama that was sitting in them, but hearing the Putorino, hearing some of these sounds, that really just haven't been heard for a long time because the wairua <laughs> definitely knows those sounds because it's the sound of nature, the sound of the universe pretty much as it comes through in all the different through the different taonga. Uh, and so because of that, I think it's just about trusting in yourself and understanding that we don't have to master it or become the master of it, just getting a sound out of it, out of any of the taonga. Sitting with it, definitely, obviously, as all of our go-to, sitting in nature and understanding that it's already there, that you <laughs> that, that you already understand it. And then really, when they hear bubbling water come from Morocco, I love watching the kids go, what the heck? <laughs> that actually sounds like water. <laughs> and then how does a stick make that sound? And how does stones make swirling synth sounds, synthesizer sounds? Because, you know, if you get the right core out there, rub the right ones together, <laughs> you can get brushing water pads and stuff like that and letting them see those things. You know, we've all done the listen to the shell. And then, oh, hang on, the whole ocean sits inside me. <laughs> no matter where you go, the voice of the ocean carries with it. And so, yeah, really just encouraging them that it's not beyond you. If you can whistle, you can play any of our flutes. <laughs> and it's just about really 
trying to break down any barrier that they might have that they don't know enough. I think like we're pretty hard on ourselves in Taumori. I mean, we're our biggest critics. <laughs> with our, with our, our final on their real journey and of course they're going to get it wrong that's how that works you're relearning your voice and you're more importantly learning to be comfortable with your voice and I think just encouraging them to understand that you have one we've all got one and we've all got something that we can offer to another space I remember with a group of year ones and I was explaining to them oh actually it was one of the local kura kaupapas I had taken my kitten because I let them know we're going to do Tongapuro. And of course, it sat me down and I'm playing them through the different whanaus, Tongaro and Tafini and whatnot. And you can see they're bouncing off the walls. And then one of them said, I want to, I want to do it. I want to do it. And I said, oh, but God made sure to finish with the hui because I could see that the energy was a little bit too wild. <laughs> <laughs> and they were going to probably wreck some of my gear. <laughs> but once I talked to them about hene pute hui, in that space, I said, I can't let you just blow wildly on it. I need you to put yourself, and then they went and sat in the corner, breathed deep, <laughs> sleep. So, yeah. so Chris, like, am I tall enough now? I don't know, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, they had tempered themselves. So, like I said, they're not just running wild on the gear because I definitely like open my, my tongue up for everybody to experience. But at the same time, I've got to protect the tongue as well. And if they're not bringing the right energy to that space, if um, if we can teach that to young babies, it can be taught to to anyone. And Come and of on. course. When they calm themselves and then they're even playing the pumuana, like trying to play it softly. <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, that one, bro, you have to give it some guts. <laughs> what? what? And then you can, he's going to suck some breath out of you and you won't be able to whisper to that fella. And then, of course, then they realize how hey, I got permission to let loose as well. Oh, but like I said, there was that little natural journey that our Pudako and the tongue of themselves, because they can see that they're delicate. It's not rocket science. But then, of course, like I said, to making sure that you're also transferring the right tikanga across for them, they're being able to do that. And so for me, yeah, it's just fun if you're comfortable to give it a go. I'm still tittering hard with it. I'm still figuring out how to move with it. I'm getting lessons from people who have never even touched it before they've ever touched it. Because sometimes the part I, that I find I have about them make me double check, hey, do I actually know that? <laughs> <laughs> so even without engaging Physically with it, there's a wānanga that they bring with it. If they hear a sound, like I've had lots of times where just hearing the pūkaya triggers an emotion or feeling in somebody or they had a reaction. I had a mate who went to one of Kelly's Māori Ori sessions in Whangarei and she had a reaction. She said to me, later time, hey, he played this pūsununu and this thing happened to me. And she says, well, that's the tonga talking to you. There's something in you talking with the tonga and like revisit. Like, if anything, if, he, if that happened weeks ago and here it's still sitting with you, then revisit the space. And I think a lot of our arts people can be intimidated by the James Whispers and the Hormon Horals of the world who can make them do ballet dances and, <laughs> and do backflips <laughs> on these things and forgetting that at one stage you were stumbling, at one stage you were whistling and the whistle turned into the sound and then because of the natural connection and the aroha that's already there resonates within you and that pool of whānau, you're able to take it to all the spaces you're able to take it to. And if you can do it and I can do it with Takaro and flip my life upside down and thrive in it, then obviously it works for everyone. It's just about what is the one that's going to get you through the door. Yeah, that's it, man. Just get involved in it. Don't give yourself too much of a hard time with it. Stay within that kiakawa tātou te rehia, te te matarahara. If we kind of move with our spaces into there. And then when you get a few 
not just on you and you <laughs> and you've got some stuff or then you can sit down and have the deeper wananga and follows and I think you'll be quietly surprised the deeper wananga is the same as a little baby <laughs> tripping over <laughs> tripping over a subject or asking a question because I'd seen it in Paparidi and them all different even Matua knowing them when, yeah, well. when I ask a question that's on the outside of their current understanding like they've got enough experience where they can chip for half a second and then do a backflip and land on their feet yeah. <laughs> and then pull you back into that space. But that's because they've had the time to sit with their, their tūpuna and their tūpuna knowledge systems over a period of time. Yeah. And then, of course, so they feel comfortable. They feel comfortable with their understanding of that space and so able to share. And then I think it's real important for our partner to understand that's how it works for the tohungas and that's how it works for the babies coming into the space here. They're not too far apart, in, in, in all honesty. <laughs> tika, tika tau. And in saying that, eh, kuarere te wa. Uh, kuarere te wa, anō nei tērā kōrero a tōna wa, e o ngā āhuatanga, being constricted by time, but at the same time, allowing us to know that the learning never stops between the 10-minute mark, the one-hour mark, the three years of a bachelor's degree mark, or the however learning we learn in different spaces. When it comes to our kaupapa, you know, it takes a lifetime and many lifetimes of learning for us to uh, not just scratch the surface, but to dive deep into the realms of any of our old whare wānanga, like our whare tāpere and our mahi with taonga pūro. And I really love the kōrero in terms of the whare tāpere and kia kawe tātou e te rehia, e te harikua, e te mataharahara. That particular saying is actually a great way of actually letting our whānau know. Because can you say that ki ngā anō, bro? Kia kawe tātou e te rehia, e te harikua, e te mataharahara. mataharahara. And us all be carried away in the pursuits of joy and happiness. And the mataharahara is a pro-term for with your with your heart, your heart and your mind wide open. Right? Yeah. So allowing things to flow in and out of your space. I picked that up, like I said, at that first Wharitapuri that I came with, with Charles. And that was before I got my van. You know, my old van I rolled around with, with half our village without a uh, ngahiri inside of it. And so when I got the van, I immediately named it, his, his name is Kawe. Kawe, as in just short for Kia Kawea. So when my van rolls up, kids that know Papa Wurumuk, they know damn well, they can't wait to see what's in it. <laughs> I've never thought of volunteers to come and help me bring the gear out on the field. But that's because, like I said, it's how I, um, that's how profound that corridor kind of hit me. And it suited perfect to a T what I was trying to achieve anyway, because I don't have an outcome, so to speak, other than opening up whoever it is I'm able to share space with them. So, Yep, definitely set me well out of the years and sums up perfectly for me how I try to approach things uh, within Takuru, within Puro, within everything to do with Māori. Because like I said, it keeps things, letting us know that Noor space is fine because in that Noor space, we're actually free. Remember, Noor is without restriction. Right? And then as we understand ourselves, we bring the tapu in to make sure that we don't go now, um, taking it into spaces it doesn't belong. But that tapu happens over time and the Noor can happen right now but you can go from north to top real quick because when you have a profound moment, which happens a lot with the water, it happens a lot with top or just with engagement in Tao Māori, period. And then, of course, 
that door is wide open for everybody to go and shake the tree and our, our tupuna left for us and catch their fruit. <laughs> so, ka pai e te whanau, uh, koutou e whakarongo mai ana ki tēnei o ngā whiti whiti kōrero. So to all the whanau that are out there that are listening to this, you know, a wonderful example that our hoa, te tuakana nei, a Wiramu Sarich has shared with us in this whiti whiti kōrero. A lot of our mahi that comes from our tupuna, that comes from our kete mātauranga, from mātauranga Māori, everything is interconnected and especially when you're dealing with our kaupapa that we come from in our foundation of our te reo Māori and the love of ngā taonga tākoro, ngā taonga pūro and all the other mahi, the pūrāko that comes with all of these things are all interrelated or interconnected. Whether you are five years old or 70 years old, these are those spaces that we can interconnect and interweave as whānau. And so I really love that Fakatoki to finish off our kōrero for this evening being that kia kawea tātou e te rehia, e te harikoa, e te mataraharaha. And so e te hoa, e mara, tēnei au e, 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 e karanga atu ki au koe, te mihi nui, te mihi rangatira, uh, kua noho mai koe, hei whiti whiti kōrero ki a tātou i tēnei wā. Uh, nō reira, me pehia nei te tuku atu te mihi uh, tū atu i te o a tōna wā tāua nei he wānanga ano ki te tai toke rau. Uh, mā te ahara, mā te whakatipu i te mātauranga mō a tātou whānau i rotu i te au pūoro, i rotu i te au tākaro nō reira. He kupu whakamutunga, hei whakokopani i a tātou i tēnei wā. So just in closing off, Bro, uh, it's been an awesome kōrero in this Fitzy Fitzy kōrero. It's been amazing listening to your experiences and listening to your journey and how you connect with those that are hungry, that are matikai for the mahi of Taonga Tākoro and Taonga Pūro and its interconnectivity. And so just for our whānau, he kupu whakamutunga tau, hei whakakōpane i tēnei wā. Kaira, yala kai, manama koe wadewara tātou, te mana tākoro nei te te whakahiki, te whakapiki i te ora, te whakakotahi i te whānau, hene, he tomokanga tēnei, ka, ka, ka kaumātua atu koe, ka tamariki atu rānei, ne mā te tākura anō koe, e tuwhera ana, ne, he māmanohi o tēnei, te, te whakatīnana i te, I, I te whakataukinei ana, ke kawe tātou i te, I te, I te rehi, te harioko, i te mataraharā, ne, nō rira kawe, kawe wereware ka huki atu koe ki tō, Ko kaumātua tanga muri mai. <laughs> ko tomo no atu ka, ka iana kawaware ware, ko kaumātua haere koe huki mai ki tō hao. Me mea ko hakatamuriki koe i a koe ano, huki mai ki tō pakiketanga na hea mea hei whakanoa i a koe, hei whakawāte i a koe, ane kia whaikā koe ki te, te, te mahi i ngā mai, ki te hiki i ngā, e, 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 ngā, e, ngā pīkautanga, ko waiho te mai e ngā tūpuna, hei aratika, hei oranga ora matatuka. So, yeah. Nō reire e te whanau, mauri ora ki a tātou, a ko tēnei māua, ko taku hoa Wiramu Sarich e mihi kawatu ana ki a tātou e te whanau, mauri ora. Mauri ora. Ko te piko, te mahuri, ko ia te tipu a te rakau. Hei rita tangata 